Exodus 2, 11 through 22. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? He answered, Who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father, father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and saved them and watered their flock. When they came home to their father, Reuel, he said, How is it that you have come home so soon today? They said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Then where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, so this is an interesting uh, passage. Uh, a lot of time and things are happening in the few verses we've just read. Um, now, you know, Cecil B. DeMille uh, has probably put a lot of ideas in the heads of Christians mm. about the relationship with Moses and Pharaoh's household. Um, and, you know, obviously that continues in the mm -hmm. retellings of this. We, we don't actually have a lot of detail. Right. I don't know. Do you have any speculation there? Like, how should we understand Moses <laughs> within the household of Pharaoh? Well, we, as you say, we're not given a whole lot of information, but we are told in uh, the New Testament that Moses was 40 years old when he went out and, and this, these events took place. And then he was then he spent 40 years out in the wilderness. Right, yeah. So I think we can assume, and we're also told in the New Testament, that he was trained in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. Right. So I think we can assume that um, Moses was an established figure in the household of Pharaoh. And that while he might not, he was probably not in line to become the Pharaoh, he was a well-educated man who was being groomed to be something like a dignitary mm -hmm. or, you know, an important government official uh, in, in, in the administration, in the empire of, of the king of Egypt. So, yeah. And so if, if that's the case, and again, just help us understand Pharaoh's reaction. I mean, just, it always kind of struck me as like, this was probably a pretty, you know, networked kind of environment where right. if you were close to Pharaoh, it didn't really matter if you killed somebody here right. or there. So I've always been curious to that. Well, you know, in, in a situation like this, um, when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. Uh, probably it's the case that if this had not harmed Pharaoh, he wouldn't have been bothered. And so I, I, think, we, I think we're safe to assume that in one way or another, this reflected poorly upon Pharaoh and so Pharaoh was going to deal with the situation by killing Moses. So, you know, if 
you know, you don't have when when you have a king, you don't necessarily have due process, mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily sure. have uh, strict justice being upheld. No, that makes a lot of sense. Though this this was going to reflect somebody from the household of Pharaoh had done this thing; it was going to hurt Pharaoh's leadership ability or whatever. Right, and you know, the New Testament also tells us that. Um, when Moses goes out and tries to intervene between these these Hebrews, he's thinking that they're going to realize that the Lord is going to use him to deliver them, and they're not thinking that. And so their their harsh answer, "Who made you a prince and judge over us?" Um, is aligned in the New Testament with Joseph's brothers rejecting him, right? And with even things like I think we could say uh, King Saul rejecting David, mm. and then. Um, you know, the people of Israel rejecting their prophets and that all culminating, as we were saying last time, in the rejection of the Lord Jesus. Yes. So now we have a sojourner in a foreign land um, that is going to be a deliverer. Yes. Uh, and obviously the Lord provided Moses a wife and there's more to come in that story. Yeah. Any thoughts on the second half of the passage? Well, you know, in the, in the book of Genesis, we've seen other uh, characters meet their wives by wells. So, for instance, um, when uh, Abraham sends his servant to find a wife for Isaac, he comes to a well, and that's where he meets Rebekah. And then later in the narrative, when Jacob is sent back to that same part of the world, uh, he comes to, this. I think, probably the same well, and he meets um, the daughter of Rebekah's brother, uh, Rachel at the well, and he loves her from that moment. And so, you know, when we have Moses arrive at a well, we're not surprised yeah, that something's oh, happening here. he's going to meet his wife there. And I'm inclined to think that one of the reasons that, that the Apostle John in his gospel includes that story of the Samaritan woman mm-hmm. in John chapter 4 uh, is because he is presenting Jesus fulfilling this pattern uh. of the deliverer meeting his bride by a well. Now, Christ doesn't get married to that Samaritan woman, but I think, you know, in the symbolism of the New Testament, the Lord Jesus takes a Gentile bride to himself. Yeah, no, that's that's incredibly helpful. I never thought through that before. So, all right, well, there's a lot more to come for Jim Hamilton. I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.